the dress tonight, the dress code that's supposed to be traditional from your country, and uh, I was just noticing a pastor and so on. I was like, I should have done that. I should have come with an Argentine soccer jersey and <laughs> preached tonight. I'm sure should have got a lot of positive feedback from that, but uh, that, that's great. And uh, Argentina, if you're not familiar, soccer is the... Uh, this isn't this isn't a religion, but soccer is a religion in Argentina, and uh, it, it is the biggest deal. It moves the entire nation, and it's something I know us Americans we can't even uh, you can't imagine it. You have to see it. Uh, you have to feel it. Honestly, I watched some videos. Argentina won the World Cup for the third time uh, again, uh, the third time December twenty second of last year, and I remember watching. I mean, Watch the obviously watch the game, but then uh, the aftermath of that in Argentina and just the um, the excitement in my heart as an Argentine, you know, and it's, it sounds so trivial, but your your country won the 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 most prestige uh, prestigious title in the world for that sport, and uh, and to see the the Argentines celebrate, and they went out that afternoon, uh, the entire country went out on the streets. And celebrated late, 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 late into the night. And you can, I remember watching videos and Americans actually that traveled down there days before just to be able to be there when it happened and uh, get to experience that firsthand. And I was following, kind of following them on YouTube and, and their expressions were, 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 were incredible. And as they told about, and they're there with the people and, and just imagine millions upon millions of people out with you, packed together on the street and celebrating nonstop for hour after hour after hour after hour all across the entire nation. And just, a, just an interesting fact about Argentina. Argentina also is the eighth largest nation in the world. Uh, we speak Spanish. There's 47 million people. It's an update on the video. Uh, there in Argentina. It's a beautiful nation and a great, great need of the gospel. Man, God is doing incredible things there. Uh, the, since my grandfather was one of the pioneer missionaries to go, Today, the gospel is going forth faster than ever. It's exciting, but man, there's so much ground to be covered. Uh, in Argentina, you can travel for hours on end and pass town after town after town, city after city, and I find one church that preaches the truth. So it's great, great need, and uh, we had the great, great privilege to go back. A couple interesting things before I get into the message. You can go turning to Proverbs chapter 29, but a couple of interesting facts about Argentina that I think uh, might be interesting. Um, in Argentina, the police do not patrol like they do here in the United States. In Argentina, we only the police only set up roadblocks, and they are anywhere and everywhere. They're on the highways. They're on all the borders between every single state. Uh, they are uh, anywhere and everywhere in town, and you never know where they're going to be. They, they set up different places every single day. Uh, but instead of patrolling like here in the U.S. and when they maybe see you going too fast or not wearing a seatbelt or suspicious or something might stop you there. They just stop anybody that comes through the, the police checkpoint, if you will. And uh, so it, it makes something exciting. And they're looking to get money out of you, too. So it makes it more interesting. And they'll find, they'll find something wrong with your car. They'll, look, they'll try to find something wrong. Uh, but it's fine. But another interesting thing about Argentina is shopping takes all morning or all day. And uh, we, we, we do have big supermarkets like Walmart. Um, but uh, typically for shopping, you have to go to the city center, and is where all the stores are. You'll park your car, 
and you'll get out and you'll walk from store to store, every single store. And uh, there'll be a vegetable store. There'll be, for example, you're buying groceries. There'll be a vegetable stand. There will be a general store where they'll sell, for example, um, uh, rice or noodles or, or oil and seasoning and all that stuff. There'll be a, a different store that only sells, for example, seasoning, uh, cat food, dog food, that type of thing. There'll be a different store that sells meat. Um, and then that's just for food. But then you, if you need to buy things like for the church, like we need to go, my dad, it's very, he goes out every Tuesday morning to go buy things, his shopping morning. And it's an all-morning thing. And you'll go to one store and maybe, maybe buy paper for the church and then go to another store, and another, another bank, and maybe uh, take out some money and then go to a bank and deposit some money and then go somewhere else and pay some bills. And then uh, in between you have to get a coffee somewhere. Um, but then you go to another store and buy something else, and you go to another store and buy it. And every one, you wait in line. Every single one, you wait in line. Uh, even at the big supermarkets like Walmart, you, wait, you might grab three things and wait 40 minutes in line. Uh, so we can be thankful to be living in the United States of America, amen? But just a couple interesting things I thought you might be interested about uh, in Argentina. Um, and with that said, please come visit us. I know some of that does not sound super exciting, but please come visit us. We'd love to have you, and uh, we will take good care of you. You will not have to stand in any lines while you're there unless you want to, and you won't have to do any shopping uh, or any of that unless you absolutely want to. Uh, but if you do come visit, I'll ask, please bring a Dr. Pepper, all right? Don't give me a Dr. Pepper this week. I don't, I don't want one. But if you come visit, bring me a Dr. Pepper. I will in turn buy you the best steak you've ever had, the very best steak. Argentina's known that the best steak in the world. And so please, please do that. We'd love to have you come, especially, Pastor. I do want you, if no one else, I want you to come visit and, uh, and, uh, have, and come see what God is doing there. But I need to get into the message. Proverbs 29, uh, verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse 18. By the way, I, I'm, I want to make mention, uh, one of you all asked us, about our needs on Amazon last night, and I, I shared a list. We have like a registry on Amazon of things, and one of the most important items is a camera. We're, at, we're looking for God to provide three cameras for the ministry in Argentina, and uh, one of those cameras is donated today. So that's a great blessing. Thank you so much, church. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, that means so much, and those cameras will be used beyond what you can imagine. And I honestly believe, because of the day and age we live in, there will be multitudes that will receive Christ as their Savior and lives change forever because of that one camera. And uh, sometimes we think, uh, what, what's, my, what's my two bits? What's it really matter? You never know what God will do with your two bits. And uh, so I thank you so much for that. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Let's pray. Doesn't he, Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for everything you've done. Already today, thank you for uh, the wonderful attention of this church and taking good care of us uh, and uh, for all the, the good food and the fellowship and uh, your worship to you this evening, Lord, and these next few minutes. Please, Father, fill me with your spirit. Give me the words you'd have me to say, nothing more, nothing less. We don't need to hear another message. Uh, where we, If it was just to hear another message, man, I'm sure we could probably find better things to do, but we need to hear from you. We love you, Father. We thank you for everything. Bless your name might be glorified and your name pray. Amen. Where there is no vision, the people perish. In the United States of America, uh, there is 4.2% of the, 
of the world population within our borders. 4.2% of the world population lives in the United States. The world population today is over 8 billion people. I remember back uh, November 15th of 2022 watching, I believe it's the United Nations clock, if I'm not mistaken, of the, the world population. It hit 8 billion people. What an incredible number. Hard to even fathom that number in the world. 42% of the world population is unreached. 42%. That's 3.3 billion that are unreached. Unreached, what we're using as a definition here is a people group uh, among which there is no indigenous community of believing Christians with adequate numbers and resources to evangelize that people group. 3.3 billion people without Christ. The vast majority have never heard the name Jesus Christ. The vast majority. I know it's hard for us to imagine that we live in a country that's so saturated with the gospel. And and, and, and it's everywhere. It's everywhere here. It's easy just to imagine, oh, the rest of the world is just like us. They've probably heard and they're rejecting God. Well, honestly, the truth is the vast majority probably have never heard a clear gospel presentation. Many of which have never even heard of Jesus Christ, except for maybe at a swear word in a movie. That's it. 197 nations, 7,117 known languages. Over 7,000 known languages. 16,400 people groups. 16,400 people groups. Only six are represented in the United States. Only six. Scripture says where there is no vision, the people perish. The question tonight is, do we have a vision? Do we have a vision? I want you to ask yourself that question these next few minutes, and, 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 and I'll try to just, just, just share this, is what I believe God wants me to share tonight. Ask yourself this question, do I have a vision? Because God tells us if we do not have a vision, someone's going to perish. Someone, maybe that's our neighbor. Maybe that's our family member. Maybe that's our coworker. Maybe that's someone on the other side of the world. Someone will perish. And more than someone, it says people, plural, perish where there is no vision. Do we have a vision? Do we have a vision? And Romans ten fourteen says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Ask the question, how shall the world hear without vision? How shall the world hear without vision? Today, there are less missionaries going to the field than in many, many years. Less missionaries. I wonder, is it, is it because God's not calling us? Or is it because we don't have a vision? Ask yourself, do I have a vision? Do I honestly have a vision to get the gospel to the world? There's less missionaries on deputation today. Church is taking on less missionaries. I know some churches, yours is probably the exception. God's doing wonderful things here. But honestly, across this country, uh, Christianity is shrinking. The cause of Christ is shrinking. The cause of going out to reach the world for Christ is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Uh, you wouldn't want to know the, the amount, the vast amount of emails that I get back from churches that we try to get in as missionaries into churches to present our vision to say our church can financially not take on any more missionaries. Our church can't do. Our church, can't, our church is not taking on more missionaries. I wonder, is it because we lost a vision? 
You see, God, uh, this thing about taking on missionaries, you know, it, it, it costs money to get the gospel to the world. It does. I, I'm not going to beat around the bush. It costs money to get the gospel to the world. It costs money to keep these lights on right here. It costs money to, to, to provide the meal that was eaten this evening. What a wonderful meal, especially the, the, the apple crisp. Man, that's my favorite dessert, and thank you. And, um, but it costs money. And we have to have a vision to get the gospel out. And with that vision, then therefore we can invest the money to be able to get it done. We can invest the time and the resources, the talent, the prayer, if we have a vision. Giving for missions across the United States is becoming very stagnant. I know there's, very, there's exceptions. Your church is, I believe, one of those exceptions. It's growing stagnant. Most missionaries on the field today are over 50 years of age. Think about that. It's said that more missionaries are coming off the field right now than are going. And yet the world population is not shrinking, by the way. The gospel is not. We can't say, okay, well, that country's reached and that country's reached. And there's, there's so many churches been planted in, in, in Nepal, for example, that we don't need to send any more missionaries. We, I, I wish we could say that. I wish I could say, you know what, Argentina's reached. There's, it's saturated with the gospel. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't need, you know, any money to go down there and do God's work. It's all taken care of. I wish I could say that. The honest truth is it's not. There's a need. There's a need to get the gospel of the world. And do we have a vision? Do we have a vision? i got an example here that I think will connect. We all recognize this brand. Some of us are addicted to it. That's all right. I'll, I'll forgive you. This is my favorite pop. I know I said about Dr. Pepper. That's just because I can't get it in Argentina. And after being there a few years, I started getting craving because it's my American favorite pop. But this is something that if we took it out of the equation, life would go on. It's not a big deal. This is something that's not important. Honestly, it probably causes more harm than good. But this can be purchased in every single nation in the world. Every single one. Every single one. Not just that, you can purchase a product of this brand just about anywhere. In the deepest jungles, you'll find a product of this brand. Just about anywhere. Very few exceptions. How did that happen? How did that happen? Someone had a vision. Someone at some time said, I want... My product, I want my product to go to the entire world. I want every single household to drink a Coca-Cola product. Every single one. Someone had a vision. Where there is no vision, people perish. You know the message we're sharing and we're striving to take to the world is way more important than that. You can't even quantify it's so important. The, the, the difference between life and death, the difference between an eternity in hell or an eternity in heaven. Do we have a vision? I dare say in America, we're losing that vision. Maybe we've lost it. Because we're doing less and less and less over time for the cause of Christ. Do we have a vision? You, you could say the same thing about faith. Do we have faith? Are we living by faith? Or are we just living by 
our desires or our works or what we can see or what's comfortable to us. You see, someone's got to say, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to step out. I'm going to be the the odd guy. I'm going to be the one that makes a difference. I'm going to be the one that, that goes above and beyond because I want my product to go to everyone. You know, it takes an an absorbent amount of work, an incredible amount of work to get your product to spread, any product in the world. Incredible. Uh, I had the privilege of being a a business owner for a few years, and and, and the amount of work that goes into not just starting a business and operating and growing is mind-blowing. And I have a great respect for anyone and everyone that operates a business these days. I didn't realize it costs so much work, so much effort. But to be able to do this, that's a whole nother level. Entire world. Imagine that. Someone had a vision. Do we have a vision? Do you have a vision? You see, uh, in scripture we look at scripture, we look at history of Christianity. A God doesn't need a multitude to say, I'll, I'll buy into the things of God. God doesn't need a multitude, God just needs a remnant. You look back in history, God uses a remnant. I believe there's a remnant in this room. A remnant could be one person. Just one. one. The individual might be you. It says, you know what, God? I want to have a vision. God, I want to have a vision for this world. God, my heart is cold. God, I'm I'm so consumed to the things of this world. God, I'm sorry, God. I want to have that vision. It's important. People are dying and going to hell at almost two, two individuals per second. The vast majority of every person that perishes will end up in eternity in hell, just statistically speaking. I wish I could say different. The numbers say a different story. We lack a vision. We lack a vision. Uh, a few years ago, I had the privilege to go on a mission trip into Peru, way up into the, in the Amazon jungle in Peru. What an exciting place. Uh, really unique trip. I got to get on a boat, and it's a very narrow boat. Um, narrow and long, there's about 12 to 15 of us on that boat, and we went three days up the Amazon River, up into the jungles there, and uh, shared Christ with people. And all along that trip, we'd stop uh, throughout the day at different villages, just randomly. We'd stop at a village, we'd get out, we'd give them a water system uh, there through the Hayes Pure Water Foundation, allow them to have safe drinking water, and that was the bridge to be able to present the gospel, the John 4 story, the gospel. And uh, it was exciting to see what God was doing but you know what impacted me more than, than that and to seeing the, the results and seeing the, the many professions of faith and, and, and seeing and hearing the stories of what God had already done on previous trips of churches being started and spreading and all of that. What, made the, what got to me the most is seeing as we went up the river, for every village we stopped at, we'd pass multitudes, multitudes of villages. We just didn't have the time. We couldn't get to everybody. Well, there is no church where potentially no one's ever shared a clear gospel presentation. And I asked myself, do we have a vision? Those people there in Peru need to hear about Christ. If they don't hear, how will they believe? How? How? Ask yourself this question. I know, I know this is very, very simple and down-to-earth message tonight, but, but sometimes we just need to come back to the basics and ask, do I really have a vision to serve God? Do I really have a passion to serve God? Am I really all sold out for God? Am I, am I living for God or am I really just living for self? The vast majority of us, we live for self first and we live for God second. We, we, we do everything for ourselves and then 
uh, if, there's, if there's some left, we do a little bit for God. That was a story of my life. Um, a few years ago, as I said, I was a business owner. And uh, during that time, that phase of my life, I was faithful to church. Faithful. I'd be in there every time the doors were open. I was faithful to give my tithes and offerings. Faithful to give to, to the missions program. I was faithful to serve. Any, any church activity was always there and, and, and involved, but uh, down deep in my heart. I wasn't living for God. I wasn't passionate about seeing the gospel go forth. I was really living for myself. Yeah, I had it outwardly. I had a good uh, testimony. People look up to me and, 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 and different things, and that, that's fine. But, but down deep in my heart, between me and God, I, I, wasn't, I, I knew that my, I was really living for self, first and foremost. For the things of this world, for the things we could have, for the money and the prestige and the position, and, and, and everything was all about oneself. And serving God, while outwardly it looked really good, honestly, wasn't that great. I dare say for most of us Americans, it's the same way. We're good people. We're here tonight. Midweek service. How many Christians are in a midweek service tonight? Not very many. Pretty, wonderful, wonderful. Cream of the crop probably tonight. But I dare say in many of our hearts, we're really not sold out for God. If we were really sold out for God, we'd be willing to say, you know what, I'll get on a plane tomorrow and go to anywhere. I'll go wherever God wants me. I'll do whatever. I just, I just was told a story about a man that, uh, that surrendered to serve the Lord, uh, from I believe, from North Carolina. And he got saved, and he surrendered, and God said to go down into, into uh, South America. And he got on a plane, and he went, and he, and he didn't come back until he was ex- very, very, very old. Just gone. It's like, God wants me to go. I'm going. But yet, so many of us, oh, there's no way we can do that. Oh, there's no way I could go to a third world country. There's no way I could go to where, where the, there's, there's trash on the ground and where, where I have to wait in line to, to buy my groceries or where I have to, it's unsafe to live. There's no way I could do that. No, no, don't ask me that. I can't step out of my comfort zone. Don't ask me to, to give above and beyond for the missions program. I've already given enough. Don't ask me to, 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 to raise my gift. I see on the screen 350000 What an incredible number. But I know for some of us, you're like, oh, no, don't ask me, Pastor, to give more. I'm already given enough. Where's our vision? Where's our vision? Do we have a vision? I'll tell a story, and, and I'll close. Um, a few years ago, I was in Argentina uh, visiting family. After I'd moved here, I'd moved here to the U.S. in 2014 and, 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 went, and went into business here. And then during that period, I'd go back every year to visit family. One of those, uh, one of those times is visiting family. And after being there with them, having a great time, uh, I remember I took a bus ride from where they were to a different part of the country. I'd get on a flight to come back here. And um, on my... On my, on my way back, I remember that night, I missed my flight. Anybody ever missed a flight here? Okay, a few of us. Man, it's no fun to miss a flight. No fun at all, especially international. It's less fun. Um, I almost missed a flight in, in the Middle East one time, too. Man, I was, I was scared out of my wits. I was, and I almost got left alone out there. But um, here I missed my flight, and I got to spend a week there in that city. It wasn't a week to later until the next flight left. And so I called up a missionary, and he came pick me up at the airport. I had to spend a week with him, and uh, we went, had a great time together. We went out and did some sightseeing, and I got to get to know him. I didn't know him. Uh, I got to get to know him very well and his family and see what God was doing in his ministry there. And um, 
We probably ate of those great steaks I told you about probably two or three times that week and just had a wonderful time. Honestly, had a wonderful time. But that week, that we, we spent, I believe, four days that week knocking on doors for roughly four to five hours each day. And knocking on doors, uh, sharing Jesus Christ with people, and, and, and inviting the church, and, and we go to every door. Now, in Argentina, you don't knock on a door, typically. You typically clap your hands, all right? And people come out. And they come out, and we get to open the Word of God and spend 15, 20 minutes, uh, 30 minutes, whatever it took to share how they could know 100%, or 100% for sure the day they die, they'd be in heaven. What an exciting time. And I remember during this, this, this period uh, of, of days, the, the end of the week, uh, just being overwhelmed by the amount of people that were they're so receptive to the things of God. Almost every door we went to, uh, the person that would come out would stand there and intently listen. I'd never seen this before in my life. Almost every door. Intently. You could see it in their eyes. They wanted to hear. They're soaking it all in. It was exciting to see what God did that week and the professions of faith and so on. And uh, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. But I remember that weekend, we went out. And uh, we, we went to tour uh, the city. And uh, the missionary took me to tour the city. He said, uh, Benjamin, I want to show you the city I'm serving in. Over a million and a half people in that city. And we started at the southern tip of the city. We started driving uh, north up the interstate. And I remember as we went, we got to a section there where he pointed off to his left. He said, Benjamin, look over here. Here's a section where there lives about a quarter million people. And to my knowledge, the vast majority probably never heard a clear gospel presentation. I remember we went on that day, and we get to roughly the middle section of the city, and uh, he points off to his left again. He says, Benjamin, look over here. Here's another section where there lives about a quarter million people. And uh, I don't think the vast majority have ever heard a clear gospel presentation. I remember we went on that day, and uh, that evening, we get to the far north side of the city, and uh, he, this time he points off to his, his right and says, Benjamin, look over here. Here's a section of the city, another suburb here. Uh, here lives about 230,000 people. For the third time. So I don't think they've ever heard. I remember God broke my heart that week just to see the vast number of people potentially never heard and that wanted to hear. It's one thing to maybe have never heard, but it's another thing entirely if they really want to hear. Yeah, right, right. Honestly, yeah, I think it's different. Uh, you might disagree, but if people really want to hear, uh, they, they should at least have a right to hear. And honestly, all, every human being has, should have a right to hear at least once. That's biblical, by the way. And uh, I remember uh, seeing that as God broke my heart and for these people... And, and made me realize that, you know what, I didn't have a vision. God had called me to serve in Argentina years before, and I was pushing that off. I was telling God, no, I don't want to serve you. I'm good here in the U.S. Man, I got a good, comfortable life. Man, I, 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 got, I, got, I got a brand new truck. Man, I got good business going on and growing and prosperous, and we're doing great, and this is just so much fun, and, and everything's great. God, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'll give more to the missions, but I want to keep doing what I'm doing. God, I'll go serve you in Argentina down the road, but not now. Right now, man, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying life. I remember God showed me that day, people perish here for lack of your vision, for lack of you doing my will. You see, in Argentina alone, there's 930 people today will pa- perish, pass into eternity. 
on average, 930 just today. We figure 90% of the country has probably not heard a clear gospel presentation. So think about that. I don't like to think about it. But stop and think about it. If, if, if 900 people were, were to die right now, and the vast majority have never heard once, what, what, how much, how, what, what statistic do you think are probably in heaven? What statistic do you think are probably in eternity? Burning in hell. I know it's a sobering thought. But sometimes we've got to stop and say, do I have a vision? Am I giving my life to see those people around the world get the message? Am I doing my dead level best so that so the, the, the gospel can go forth, or am I just doing a mediocre job? Am I, am I all sold out for God? Am I doing everything I possibly know to do right to see the gospel message go forth? Or am I just being like I used to be and just living for self and doing a little bit? Doing a little bit. Do we have a vision? Do you have a vision? You see people perishing right now by the great multitudes all around the world. Do we have a vision? I know it's, it's hard sometimes. It's extremely hard to hear about the need and have a passion for it. Very hard. And that's why I say come visit us. Come see. Yeah, you'll eat some great steak. You'll have a great time. You'll, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a wonderful time. But you'll get to see the people. You'll get to see people hungry. They want to hear and that's when God can get a hold of your heart, made greater than even today in this conference. And God can do things you can't even, wouldn't even imagine. But we had to have a vision. We had to say, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do more for God this next year. I want, I want God, I want to be used of you. I remember, I remember 2010, I was at a youth conference. And I was 15 years of age. I'll close with this. I know I said I'll close the last door. I'll close with this. And... Uh, during the conference, I don't remember anything, hardly anything about the conference except for this. They showed a map on the screen of the world. And the Holy Spirit said, what are you going to do about getting those people in the gospel? And I remember that conference. I said, you know what, God? Uh, not me. No, God, I, I'm too much of an introvert. I can't, I can't preach. No, God, not me. No, no. There's a lot of people. There, there's, there, there's thousands of people this conference. Surely there's other people you can use. Oh, yeah, there's, sure, there's other people better prepared, better equipped, they, they, better talent. You can use those. And God kept saying, what are you going to do about getting the gospel to the world? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I can ask the same tonight. What are you going to do as an individual to see the gospel go forth? What's your part? We all have a part. You see, maybe I get to go to Argentina. Maybe Beam here gets to go to Nepal and other missionaries get to go to these individual fields. Maybe we get the privilege. We all have a part, every single one of us. What part do you have? And if you don't know, I'd, I'd, I'd ask you, please find out from God what your part is. Really quick. Ask God, God, what do you want me to do to see the gospel go forth? God, I'm willing to do anything. What is it you want from me? It might not mean go across the world. For the vast majority of us, it's not. But I remember that conference, uh, God getting a hold of my heart and saying, Benjamin, what are you going to do? And I said, God, no, not me, God. Don't, don't, don't call me to, to, to serve you full time. No, God, I, I got my own plans in life. No, God, not me. No, God, I want to be a business owner. God, I, I want to go to the military, and I want to do this and that, and I want to do. And, and God's like, what are you going to do? 
Don't you need to do something about getting the gospel? I'm very thankful for that night, the last night of that conference, saying, okay, God, here am I. If you can use me, here am I. God, I want to have, God, and by the way, I I remember telling God, God, if you can't do something special in my life, I don't want to be used of you. I don't want to just be another, another Christian that just exists because if it was for that, i got better things I want to do. I want to, I, I want to be used of you. If, if you. if you want to use me, okay, here am I. Do something special. Sometimes we need to stop and say, okay, you know, I'm done living life for self. And say, God, here am I. Maybe I don't feel a vision. Maybe I don't feel an emotion. Maybe I, I don't have a calling to the country, but God, give me a vision. God, show me what you want. God, give me a passion that burns deep in my heart to want to do give, live every single breath of my life for the lost around the world. God, give me that, please. That should be our prayer if we don't have a clear vision from God. God, guide and direct me to what your will is. I want to please you. Because how shall they hear unless someone taken the message? Let's pray dearly. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, you've been so, so good. Father, we don't, we don't deserve anything. You've given us a great privilege to live in this country. Most of us have been born here in this country. Privilege of being blessed with family, with a great church, uh, just with, with good jobs, comfortable life, on and on and on. Most of us have been blessed way beyond what we deserve. And I don't believe it's for co- by coincidence or just because. But I believe it's because you want to in turn use us in ways that you beyond what you probably would use someone else. It's a great blessing. It would help us not to just throw it down the drain and just go on with life. Father, help us to seek to have a vision. To seek to do your will. Because as we see from your word, if we don't have a vision, If we're not sold out for you, many will perish. Lord, please help us. We need of you. We love you, Father. Thank you for everything you've done. Let me pray.